Hello there, team. Wade Skalski here, problem solver, playwright, and founder of Clear the Field. Today's process is this. Without a baseline, you have nothing. Sit back, relax. Let's begin, shall we? So, I just said that last voice, like the guy from uh, Team America. All right, Gary, shall we? Uh, today's daily, the for, the segment formerly known as the Daily Nugget is I'm going to talk about beer. And so I used to brew beer. Typically, people who uh, go a little too far at one end on the alcohol side, kind of, you know, where your priorities are, decide you're going to brew beer. That's a good idea. Uh, so I learned to brew beer. And one really interesting thing about brewing beer is that there are no secret recipes, right? So like if you take your favorite beer, take Allega- like Allagash White, for example. I've been to that brewery in Maine. It's actually a pretty cool place. Like 80% of that brewery's beer that they sell is Allagash White, right? But it's pretty easy to find the recipe for that online. So if that's true and everyone can find that recipe and know exactly how they do it, if you know anything about beer, why doesn't someone just copy what they do and and do a, like a knockoff and, and compete with them and sell the same thing? And people do, like you have like Blue Moon and, and that type of thing. And so... You know, people try to compete, but the cool thing about beer in terms of the the idea of, of making it is that there are the, the recipe itself is almost irrelevant. It, it comes down to ingredients, but most importantly, it comes down to the process. Beer, the good beer is created through a great process. So as long as you have decent ingredients, as long as you have like the right, you know, the right recipe for what you want to do, it's the process that makes the beer. And once I realized that, that that applies to everything, and we're going to talk about that today, about the baseline, is that I, I stopped becoming protective with Clear the Field. I stopped becoming protective. Like, I'll tell you, the, you know, I put the whole process out there for free, right? So I put the whole, you know, the whole, the steps out there, you know, through this podcast. If you were to break down all the podcasts, you'd have the pretty much the, the baseline uh, idea of what you have to do for Clear the Field. You could do it yourself. But I'm super, super confident in doing that because one, I know that it's the process itself that creates the results. So it's, it's, you have to have some guidance on how to engage the process so you can compress time frames. I mean, you can do it yourself, you know, in, in any kind of, not just clear the field, but any kind of productivity process, you, you can kind of read the books and, and figure things out yourself and, and tinker with your, you know, your, what you works for you, and which is what I did, which why it took me seven years, right? Or whatever. It really took me 20, like the whole time I've been working, but, but it took me a really long time because I didn't have anyone saying, here's your process, use this, you know, start with this and then move from there. And that's the really cool thing about, you know, once you understand that you don't get really protective with your stuff at all. You just give it away in terms of the, the, the actual sort of the recipe. Now, the, the process itself and how you do the recipe, that's where the magic is. And that's obviously where the coaching comes in. That's where the training comes in. That's where this podcast comes in. Uh, so it's not enough just to know what you're doing. You have to actually engage it, do it every day, and then you know have a little direction from there. So that's sort of the segment formerly known as the Daily Nugget, which, which sort of transitions us into that without a baseline, you have nothing. And this is what the idea is. You must have metrics that you track. Okay. And the reason is that you cannot improve upon nothing. If you, if you take an action, like, let's say, let's, let's pick something, for example, like you, um, I don't know, in your body, right? Like you want to lose weight. 
if on Monday you take an action and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to jog today. So you jog. And then on Tuesday you take an action with your diet you say, well, I'm not going to eat fast food today. And on Wednesday you say, I'm going to lift weights. And on Thursday you uh, do, you know, you go do CrossFit. And then on Friday you do stretching and yoga. And then on Saturday you do another action, right? You may lose weight over that time, but you have no idea which one of those things worked the best. You have no idea if if it was just the act taking the actions itself, which is what did it, like burning the calories itself. And you have no way to 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 improve quickly because if you kind of do that haphazardly, you will lose weight. It will just take you a really, really long time, but you won't have the habit of anything and you'll burn out. Because you know, when you establish a habit, doing a habit becomes less and less onerous and then it's just what you do at your lifestyle. So you know, when you first started brushing your teeth as a kid, it's like a pain in the neck. Like my daughter will do everything she possibly can to avoid brushing her teeth. And I've got to brush, I've got to brush Moana's teeth. I've got to brush Elsa's teeth. I've got to brush, you know, we call them the little guys, which are her little figurines that she has from all the Disney princesses. And this is sort of an onerous situation. So I, I'm going through this process for my daughter. And because it's not one, it's not a battle I need to fight because I know she'll brush her teeth. Right. I, I'll move more towards past the, in, you know, humoring her then into persuasion, then into, you know, kind of more like high end persuasion, suggestion of force then actually like, okay, like I'm going to drop the hammer and use some authority on you right now. And when I say force, I mean force of authority and I'm talking physical punishment. Right. So, um, so that's that, you know, the only time if, you know, in terms of physicality that's used is if you need to pick your kid up out of a, to move them out of a, you know, a dangerous situation. But, but that I, you know, for her, the habit of brushing her teeth is, is she doesn't have the habit yet. So it's like such a pain in the ass to do for her. She doesn't like to do it. And that's how, when we got her into her own room and sleeping in her own bed, how that started too. Like it was a battle to get her to go to sleep in her own bed. You know, not, not that she wanted to come back into our room, but that she just wanted to go downstairs and play. She's like, I got my own room. I got my own bed. I don't need you guys to decide when I'm going to do that. But once that battle was fought, once we went through that process of that battle, now she just goes to bed and there's like just grab ass in terms of like, she's like, oh, well, let's read a book or I got to go. To, you know, she knows the she knows that she says I have to go to the bathroom. I can't just say like, well, just hold it. Like I have to pick her. I have to take her and she has to go to the bathroom. And or if she says I want water. Right. So like she knows the delay tactics, but that's but the concept is she is going to we never have to fight over. She's going to sleep in her bed. She's going to sleep in her room you know, we fight over maybe the time of, of the habit of the bedtime. And we're working on that. So that once, you know, the ultimate goal is when she's a little older, we're just like, go to bed. And then she like goes to bed and we goes in there and goes to sleep. Right. But she is in charge of her own process. But that's the idea of habits is that if you, if you don't establish the proper habits, then you burn out because you just, you're, you're, you're muscling everything. And so the bait, you know, and that's why the baseline is so important is because you, one, you have to establish like, which habit do I want to be doing? Which, which, which is the small door, you know, the small hinge that opens big doors. Right. And so which domino am I working on? And so that's issue number one you've got. And issue number two is it forces you to choose something. So like, for example, like I talk a lot about, like a lot of people fall in the passion trap with their work. So you know, and I've talked about this before is there are guys, right. And gals too, but, but this is a guy thing for some reason. I, I see this a lot in men, right. Cause women, women are a little, they're a little smarter and they're a little more like responsibility oriented. So they don't do this as much, but there are guys who let's say they're not working and they're, they, they, for whatever reason, maybe they took a trip or they're taking time off or they're sabbatical or just unemployed. Okay. And they've got to get a job. 
right? So they're in a situation where they, they're not under crisis for money. So they, let's say they're married and their wife is working for them or they're living with their parents or like whatever it is. They're, they're not trying to engage a, a way to make money, right? And they, because they're not sure like what they want to do. And then they're like, well, I'll get a job. So they get job offer. Like they actually get job offers, but they don't take the job because the job is not their sort, their, their dream job, right? So the, the, the two issues with that is one, it's the passion trap, which I'll talk about later. It, it's, it's, you know, very few people understand that the way to get to your passion is to go through things that aren't your passion. Like that is just, unfortunately, that's just the way it works. And, and you don't even know what your passion is until you engage it, right? So that's a topic for another time. But if, if you have a baseline in your career, okay, go like, let's say you, you have, you're using a metric, it's a simple one is income, okay? You're like, well, my, my metric income is I make $100,000. And the really interesting thing is once you make $100,000 in the marketplace, you always make $100,000 in the marketplace. Like you never make less than that because that's just your worth has been established. If you can get one person to pay you over 100,000 or you make over 100,000 in a business for whatever reason, you can always make 100,000. The next bump is 250 and the next bump is 500 and then it gets a little squirrely after that. I'm not, I don't know what the bump is after 500. I don't know how that works, right? I, I can see 500 I, and, but you know, the 250, I'm pretty clear with. Okay. So, um, but, but the, the, the thing is that if you have a baseline of income and someone says, well, I'm going to, and that's what you use as your metric. And someone says, well, I'm going to pay you $120,000. Like, well, this isn't really my dream job right now, but it is on my metric and my baseline, it's more than my normal baseline. So I will take it because there's an improvement there that's not linked to like a negative. Okay. But if you don't, if you don't have a baseline that you, that, that you have, a, that you're like, this is my baseline. And these are the metrics that I've established. And we'll talk about more of this in the reframe. Um, then you might turn down that job because it's quote, not the right job. And that's a giant, horrible, terrible mistake because you can't get to your right job if you're unemployed and don't have any prospects and opportunities and you don't have any opportunities to leverage into other opportunities, like sitting around and waiting for the right job, the perfect job. I've seen people do that for a decade now. And also here's the other problem. If they do that, right. And they, and they get the, the they get their right, their dream job. Then everyone around them is resentful because they waited so long. And then there's all this damage that's done because of the 10 years of not being a process of just waiting around. So like if you, if you can start a baseline somewhere in, in, in either career connections or creations, you need to start that baseline. Like, and it can be simple, like in careers, it can be, Oh, I'm going to do, it's going to be income, you know, in connections, it can be, you know, how many, how, if you're married, like how many times do I go out in a month on a date with my spouse, just me and her, not even a date or him, not even a date. Like just, we spend time alone away from the kids. Now, if you don't have kids, then, then you might want to pick a different, a different baseline. And then in, in your creations, if it's a creative project, you know, your, your baseline is, okay, well, what am I going to, what am I going to, you know, produce in this quarter? Like, what's my ultimate creative thing? And so like, if it's a play, how many plays do I want to create a year? And then you break it down from there. And if, and if you have a baseline, you know, if you're growing, contracting or expanding. So, so, but if you don't have a baseline, then you like, let's say that you using a play as an example, if you don't have a baseline that you've established, like this is what I can do in this period of time. And this is, you know, a place to start from, then you'll, you'll put in like for a play, you'll write a play in a month, right. Or you'll write a play in two weeks, or you'll do a, 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 you know, 48 hour play or whatever. And then you'll take a breath and then you won't know where to go from there because you don't have any idea of, of where, you know, so is the baseline now that you're going to write a play every 48 hours? Like, no. 
Okay. Now, if you once you have a baseline, you can do stuff like that to help to help figure things out and explore their process or whatever like that. But you must on purpose one pick something you're going to do, and then two establish a baseline, and three not worry if it sucks because you're going to suck at it, especially if it's in a baseline in a new area. So I'll give you an example. Like when I restart my my body uh, goals in terms of doing from a couch to a 5K, right? I don't really care that the first week is walking. Like I can for sure run more, but the biggest challenge for me is like I haven't gotten my fat ass off the couch and gone to the gym or or got into uh, running at all or jogging at all in months because for whatever reason, right? Like my excuse was, oh, well, we have a newborn, so I don't have time to exercise, which is which is a bad story. Don't do that because exercising gives you energy. The more energy you have for your newborn and your wife, the better you are, but whatever. So I don't really care. I don't really care how much I do, but I already know that my baseline is working out three times a week. So I have to get into the habit of working, of running three times a week. And the way that I do that is I just start doing something for three times a week. Like even if I just walk for 25 minutes and I'm saying, and I say to myself, this is my workout, right? Then I get a sense of accomplishment because I know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm re-engaging my baseline and then, and then I'll get bored and then I'll be like, okay, now I, this is silly. I'm spending this time. I might as well make use of it, right? But so I don't really care in the beginning if that if I don't do anything other than I'm, this is my baseline of working out and I'm reestablishing the baseline and you can move from there. So the big mistake that people do is, they, is they're is they just so action oriented that they just run out and they just, if, if they're... If their body's overweight, they run out and they, they, you know, they do an Ironman or they run out and they, they just go run, you know, lose a bunch of weight in like 10 days and they cut weight and they do a diet or whatever, but they don't have a baseline that they've established with trackable metrics. And so then they just ping pong back and forth in their weight. And this is true of everything. It's not just your weight. It's just a really, really easily understandable example. So the one thing that you have to understand is that if you don't have a baseline, you don't have anything. And I don't care how much success you have. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you make... $300,000 a year and you, uh, it's unlikely that you would do that without knowing how to establish a baseline. But let's say you had a job where you kind of fell into it and you're making 150. I don't care, right? If you don't have a baseline for your growth in your your mindset, your growth in your skill set and growth in creating environments for success, then you're going to burn out. And then you're going to lose that job and you're going to be like, well, why? What happened? And you're going to be all confused and then you're going to recharge, go do it again and do it again, right? So, so number one is, and here's the cool thing is like, I'm not going to tell you what your baseline is. You, you decide what your baseline is because setting baselines and tracking metrics is actually a skill. And so you're going to suck at it. And so you're going to, you're going to pick these, these baselines that are going to be either unrealistic or they're going to be in a sandbox you don't want to be in. And you're like, why am I even in the sandbox? But if you don't force yourself to pick, then everything becomes okay. And then when you get positive feedback, then you're all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in the right place. And when you get negative feedback, you're in the wrong place. And then you move. And then, you know, then you create the, you create this loop that you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. So we don't want that to happen. And I give you in the chapters of your life, there are three areas I focus on, which is career connections and creations. So what I want you to do is I want you to take out your gratitude journal and I want you to write down one baseline in career, one baseline in connections and one baseline in creations that to the best of your ability that you think is a baseline. And I want you to really think about it and just pick something and don't worry about if it's, it's, you're not picking something for the rest of your life. Like this isn't going to determine what you're going to do for the next 10 years, but this is the starting process for you to discover what you're going to do in the next 10 years. So really take some time and think about it and, and don't, you know, if write down the first thing that comes to mind, but then really go deep, go a couple levels deeper on it and just write one thing for each one thing for, uh, for, 
career, one thing for connections, and one thing for creations. That is your task. Have fun exploring. And remember, there is no end if you stay on the path.